This podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. Knowing what moms go through, I'm going to suggest that starting today, starting with the brunch and then the whole rest of the day, you ought to just party hard. Like, just have a great time. Just, just have as much fun as possible. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You deserve to have a great day today because your toddler found the missing Sharpie marker before you did. <laughs> you deserve a really special day today because even though your boy is potty trained, he does not have very good aim. You deserve a really special day today because uh, your daughter, your nine-year-old daughter just told you that you know, when the sun is shining and you look in just the right way, I can see your mustache. <laughs> you deserve a really special day because you searched everywhere in the county for that Willy Wonka costume. And once you found it, you got home and found out that your boy wanted to be Batman. Because on New Year's Eve, you watched the ball drop in Times Square, and then right after that you went to bed, even though you live in California. Because you've stepped on so many Legos that you deserve workers' compensation. Because you don't just drive a minivan, you actually have your own personal favorite wiggle. They don't listen to wiggles anymore, do they? Okay. You deserve a special day today because somebody had the nerve to invent glitter. <laughs> anyway, I did hear about a, a mom and her daughter. And as the mom was getting ready, the daughter was kind of looking intently at mom and, and noticed a couple of really white gray hairs out of the back of what is mom's mostly brunette hair. A couple of big gray hairs. She goes, Mom, what are those, those gray hairs from? And the mom said, well, since you asked, every time you disobey me, every time you break my heart or make me cry, I get another one of those gray hairs. And the girl thought about it for a second. Mom, why is grandma's whole head gray? <laughs> Well, today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that you love or you hate. It's Proverbs 31. We're going to start in verse 10 through verse 31. And I thought since we're going to be looking at this passage, it might be helpful if we were to uh, read just a portion of it. And so I'm going to invite you to stand. And uh, although it's not as bright as I had hoped, um, if you'd stand, we're going to read this portion. This, these are just a couple of verses from the entire chapter of Proverbs 31. Just a sampling, but I'd like to read it together. Proverbs 31. Let's read. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty... Oh, yeah, it'd be good if I hit the button, huh? Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. 
but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise in the city gate. You can be seated. So today, M. M is for, well, yeah, M is for mother. I don't know what kind of an acrostic you would make. Here's one, marvelously overflowing with love and touching the heart of everyone she reaches. There's a lot of them you could make, but M is for mom today. You see, there are a lot of wonderful moms here today. There are moms from traditional families. There are moms from blended families. There are moms who have done well and moms who feel like they've stumbled. There are moms who are married and moms who are single. There are moms who are stepmoms and step-in moms. There's all kinds of moms here. And every one of you plays a role that's kind of hard to describe. So today we want to honor you. We're going to, hopefully it's started already. My wife is away this weekend, but I have learned 35 years of training. So she, she found in her suitcase the card and the gifts all like I got the text this morning. So 35 years that took. 35 years that took to learn that. Yeah. So if they haven't started yet, I'm, I'm giving them a heads up. They can start now the whole day here, brunch, lunch, dinner, whatever it takes. It's your day. You deserve it all. Because today we want to honor you. But I want to suggest today that M isn't just for moms. For instance, M could also be for mixed feelings. I don't know about you, but when we celebrate Mother's Day, I'm, I'm having some mixed feelings. Even as I talk about how important moms are, I could brag about what a great job I think my wife did. But even as I say that, there's this other thought. You see, we all know that no human mom fulfills the role of being a mother as nicely and sweetly as that cute little acrostic. It's not just that we each do it in our own unique way. Every mom knows that they feel like they've dropped the ball. And so we talk about moms, but there are mixed feelings. You're probably going to get a card, and it'll have a delightful poem. It's almost like our society is teaching us that the people to celebrate are the moms who keep a perfect home, the mom who sets a perfect table, the mom who's raising perfect kids. In fact, the more they gush, the more uncomfortable you might become because it's glaring. You know better than anybody that you don't always meet up. You, perhaps you know that your mom didn't meet up. It's hard to complete, compete with culture, by the way. For instance, um, how do you compete with TV moms, right? Perfect. Yeah, how do, you, how do you compete with these moms that at least have been portrayed to us? You know, I mean, she raised all those kids, always dressed impeccably. Um, and of course, <laughs> Carol. See, 
I know we laugh, but I also know that as a mom, all these little things sort of kind of pile up and the expectations just kind of grow and grow and grow and grow. Every time somebody talks about how patient their mom was, you think about the last time you lost yours. Do you see why M could also stand for mixed feelings? So I want to acknowledge that that's the case this morning. M could also stand for the many people that Mother's Day leaves out. It leaves other women out. Women who would want to be mothers, but either by chance or by choice, by circumstances, are not, have not been. It can leave out other people besides women. Because if we're honest, there are other people that work at roles that almost require superhuman ability. Single dads. Singles. Trying to act like they're a whole person when so much of our culture says that they're not. To be honest, even, even our students, our teens, between the expectations piled on them by parents and then by school and then by coaches and then by friends, there are a lot of people that deserve to be honored probably. And yet today we're just going to focus on moms. You deserve it. But let's be honest, it leaves people out. I guess M could stand for the many things you love about your mom. And we could go on and on, couldn't we? There are probably things that you could tell us about your mom. I could tell you a lot of things about my mom. Um, she was a basket case in many ways. She, by the, I mean, she spent an entire, I think, an entire year of my life on the couch with little blue pills. You know, she just, that's the only way she could cope. And yet, for all of her faults, Somehow my mom convinced me that it was almost inevitable that I was going to succeed at pretty much everything I did. She was wrong. And yet every time something went wrong, something in me thought, well, this is probably just an anomaly because my mom somehow drilled it into me that my success was almost inevitable. In that way, I still interact with some of the things that she gave me, even to this day. I guess related to that, you know, the things that we love about our mom, we could say M could stand for the things that we appreciate, that she does for us. All the things that moms do, moms did, moms currently do, things that you're trying to do, the things mom does for us. And that kind of brings us to this passage in Proverbs 31. Now, we only looked at a portion of the passage. If you have a Bible, you can open it to Proverbs 31. But let me just read some, some of the other little selections that we didn't get to. It says that she brings her husband good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax. She works eager with her hands. She's like a merchant ship. She brings food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family, portions for the servants. She considers a field and buys it. And it goes on and on and on. In fact, maybe some of you actually do not like this passage of Scripture, and I wouldn't blame you. It's almost like, according to this passage, M should be for the multitasking 
maniac. She can do everything and do it well. And you just kind of think to yourself, you know, pile it on. You know, church, pastor, thanks, Mike. Just pile it on. I'm already feeling like maybe I'm barely making the grade. And then you bring her out, little Miss Perfect. And, I mean, we joke. And yet, even as I read this, I begin to worry. Who in the world could live up to that? Who in the world could be that woman? You say, well, it's just an ideal. Do, do you want to start working toward this ideal? You thought you were feeling guilty and, and like a failure before? And then I started regretting that I picked this passage. I thought, I'm just going to make everybody unhappy. Unless. Unless there's something that perhaps we didn't notice. I want to suggest to you that maybe you don't have to compete with that woman in Proverbs 31. I'm going to tell you why. Because she's not the person you think. In fact, it's not referring to you at all. In fact, it's not referring to maybe any woman that you would think of. Now, don't get me wrong. The woman that's being referred to here, she's not a secret. She's not some kind of a ghost. In fact, she's made several appearances in the book of Proverbs already. Little cameo appearances. Let me, let me pull back the curtain just for a little bit. In the beginning of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, we read this. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. You see, I don't think Proverbs 31 is talking about a human woman at all. The pressure's off. The woman that this passage is talking about shows up in chapter 1, standing in the marketplace, inviting everyone who is young and foolish to come and listen and learn so they don't have to suffer. She shows up again in Proverbs 8. We read this. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? Verse 22. The Lord brought me forth. This is quoting her now. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning, when the world came to be. This woman explains that she was with God at creation, and she had this joyful opportunity to participate in what he made. She shows up again in Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. She set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants. She calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come and eat my food. Drink my wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live, walk in the way of insight. That woman that's described in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, she isn't some human multitasking maniac at all. She's the personification 
of the very wisdom of God. You see, M today, probably instead of for mom, maybe M should be for the many things that God's wisdom has done for us. In fact, throughout the entire book of Proverbs, over and over again, there's this personification of wisdom, and wisdom is reflected again and again, identified as a woman who is building a home, a place that will provide shelter, that will be a place of provision and growth, safety, protection. Does, does, do those descriptions of divine provision remind you of anybody? Perhaps it, perhaps it reminds you of the one who said, I am the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm the bread. I'm the living water. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's interesting. Instead of M standing for the million things that you feel like you're supposed to do, the million and one expectations put on you, Mom. Instead of standing for the many things that put pressure on you, M could stand for the things that God's wisdom provides. It's kind of interesting. You've got in Proverbs this woman of wisdom, and in the Psalms, you've got a shepherd who cares. It's almost like they're point and counterpoint. And of course, you know Psalm 23. The psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Isn't it interesting how similar that train of thought is? All these words that are kind of domestic in nature, all these words that we, right away we think of, oh, I should have emptied the dishwasher before I came. Oh, you know what? We're going out. I feel guilty we're going out because I should have cooked a big dinner. Or whatever it is that's kind of plaguing your mind, Mom, right now. Some of you are thinking, I wish my kids would be here. And others are thinking, uh, why are they here? Maybe instead, instead of extolling moms, because even though you like to be appreciated, with every word of appreciation can come another block of expectation. And once all the fanfare is over, it's easy to feel like, I heard about one mom who finally told her daughter, please stop with the cards. Why? Because every time you send them, I cry. Oh, mom. That's not why I cry. I cry because I feel so guilty because I don't know what you remember, but I'm going to tell you that I was just barely holding it together back then. And I know I didn't treat you right all the time. So as a result, from then on, the, the daughter kept sending, you know the cards with that snarly, craggly old lady with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth? Yes. Yeah, from then on, it was always cards like that. And actually, looking back, those were the ones my mom liked, too. As if to say, despite everything, I'm still okay, so you didn't do so bad. 
Maybe M should be for the many things that God's wisdom provides for us. That perfect woman, that perfect woman isn't somebody that you're supposed to aspire to. That perfect woman is somebody that you are supposed to run to. Maybe M should be for the many kinds of people that Christ invites into his kingdom. In Luke 18, and I know you know this story, Jesus is a popular teacher. People are coming to him, wanting to listen, wanting him to touch, heal. And, and, and you know the story. People are bringing the children to him to be blessed. The problem was that his culture was just like ours. That culture did not value anybody who was weak, didn't value anybody who was poor, didn't value anybody who had no power, no authority, didn't value anyone that couldn't benefit you. Children were worthless. Little germ factories just, just waiting. And so, of course, the disciples chase them away. Come on, come on, we're doing business here. He's teaching. This is a big deal. Get them out of here. And Jesus overrides their offenses. He overrides their objections. He goes, stop. In fact... Let the little children come to me. That's what we read starting in verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and he said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Leave it to Jesus. In a culture that was all about power and prestige, just like today, Jesus and his ministry was all about reaching those who were vulnerable, who were small and weak, helpless, impoverished. Those who could offer him nothing, those were the ones that he invited. Those that were coming to Jesus were often probably filled with some shame. They were outcasts. Not just the children. Think about the others that came to Jesus. Silence your phone. Think about the others that came to Jesus. The woman with the hemorrhage of blood. Or that woman at the well. Lepers. that woman caught in adultery. And yet, all of them were invited to come find their way to Jesus, and Jesus overrides everyone's objections. In fact, he overrides your objections. When you're tempted to think, Lord, I would come to you, except you don't understand. I keep messing it up. I don't really don't deserve whatever it is I'm about to ask you for. And he goes, stop with that. He overrides our objections. He overrides your objections. You say, you don't understand. I, I'm, I, I'm not adequate. I'm not really even meeting up to the most basic standard of what I'm supposed to be playing, the role that I'm supposed to fill. You don't understand. He says, stop. Don't hinder that.
Jesus says, let those who are not fulfilling everyone's expectations for your role in life come to me. Let those of you who have regrets about your past relationships come to me. Those of you who have serious doubts about whether you can even handle what's li- what lies ahead of you, come to me. Those of you who seethe with resentment towards your own parents, come to me. You who are lonely on what's supposed to be a family day, come to me. You who are burdened, you feel like you're doing the work of two or three people, <clears throat> come to me. You who feel trapped in unhealthy relationships and you know it, come to me. Those of you who have thoughts that no good mother should have, come to me. Those of you who are in the grip of addictions, the damaged relationships, from substances to emotions, habits, hang-ups. Jesus says, come to me. He says, let those who know that they can't do this alone anymore, come to me. You see, the kingdom of heaven is open to those who know they don't deserve entrance. The kingdom of heaven is is open to those who acknowledge that they can't do this. They can't live up to the role. Which is why that woman in Proverbs, she's not berating. She's not flaunting her superiority. She's not daring you to try to keep up with her. What she's saying is, I can do what you cannot. Come to me and let me, mom, care for you. The wisdom of God is the place of refuge. And the grace of God is the place of healing. So today, Mother's Day, could we be purposeful moms? Let's not celebrate all the things that you're supposed to be that you're not sure you are. And let's not celebrate the million and one things that you have to do first thing starting tomorrow again. We just let that go. Instead, what if Mother's Day was a celebration of that woman? That woman who opens her home and sets the table and says, come eat and drink. I have what you need, and you're welcome here anytime. For those of you who've been struggling trying to be that woman, maybe I ought to just let that woman be your friend and let her bring that grace into your life. So let's celebrate what God's provided for you today. You can be the thankful one. Let's pray.
heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to encourage you, Mom. I'm not talking to anybody else here. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I'm right. Maybe you're not feeling any of those pressures. Maybe you're not feeling any sense of inadequacy. Maybe you feel like you're fulfilling that role just fine. And so then I beg your pardon. But if you, as I suspect, are tempted to start to feel like there are a million ways in which you cannot measure up and you're not sure you're going to make it another day, it never was about you making it another day. You actually don't have to have the answers. All you have to do is lean on your girlfriend. Why else do you think God illustrated his wisdom as a mom who opens the home, sets the table, mixes the wine, and then says, why don't you come over and we'll talk? So I invite you moms right now to make a mental girl's day out appointment with this woman and find grace in her presence, the wisdom of God. Lord Jesus, you welcomed everyone who was helpless, powerless, which means that we can come to you. And we do today. We admit. We're more frail than it seems. We've failed more often than people know. And the fear just piles up. Remind us that you just keep saying, well, then come to me. Come to me. I'm not judging your failures. I'm looking to bring grace and healing. And Lord, I pray that every mother today Throughout this day, as different things, different things are said and cards and notes and messages and whatever happens, as people express appreciation that deep in her heart, what would well up in her is a sense of appreciation for the wisdom of God, personified as a mom. And I pray that we'd find great comfort in her presence. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.